eight institutes were advising tenants who couldn't pay their rent due to COVID-19 to consider applying for early release of their superannuation. Labor leader Anthony Albanese says the National Cabinet meeting is a chance for the government to provide some clarification on these real estate issues. We know that uh, most real estate agents are doing the right thing, but we are all in this together. And that's why it requires government, private sector, people who are in dealing with these difficulties to negotiate out sensible outcomes that are in the common interests. A report into February's fatal train derailment in Victoria has found the vehicle was travelling more than 85 kilometres an hour over the speed limit. The Sydney to Melbourne XPT passenger train was carrying 150 passengers when it came off the tracks and crashed north of Melbourne, killing the driver and pilot. The preliminary report by the Australian Safety Transport Bureau stated that the train was about 85 minutes behind schedule. The ATSB will continue its investigations into the crash, looking at the track condition, the condition of the train and carriages. Health experts say Australians who suffer from cardiovascular disease should be particularly wary of the risk of coronavirus. Figures show around 76% of COVID-19-related deaths in Italy and 40% in China occurred in people who suffered from hypertension. Cardiologist Professor Steve Worthley says although the virus is a severe respiratory illness, it can also increase the chance of heart issues for those with pre-existing conditions or It increases the chance that you have an abnormal heart rhythm. It increases the chance that the heart will fail and give you heart failure. And it also increases the chance that if you've got a coronary artery disease, then that you might have a heart attack. A man has been charged for allegedly using a box of fresh fruit to try and smuggle drugs to a traveller quarantined inside a Sydney hotel. The 37-year-old was arrested after delivering the fruit box to the Elizabeth Street property yesterday afternoon. Police searched the box and allegedly found a single capsule of MDMA stashed inside a white envelope. In sport, the NRL has now shifted attention to getting back on the field after a pay deal was brokered between them and the Rugby League Players Association. Players will receive their wages for April and May but will not be paid for the following five months if the competition doesn't resume due to the coronavirus. And there's reports star American basketballer Lamelo Ball has bought out the NBL franchise Illawarra Hawks, the team he now plays for. The six-foot-seven point guard moved to Australia in August as part of the league's Next Stars initiative. And one of the world's seven natural wonders, Victoria Falls in Africa, has roared back to life after recovering from severe drought, which had caused parts of it to dry up. The flow of water at the World Heritage Site, which sits at the border between Zambia and Zimbabwe, is now well above the seasonal average after heavy rainfall. However, few people will enjoy the spectacle as viewing areas have been closed as part of a coronavirus lockdown. You're up to date with National Radio News. Concise Finance is a nationally recognised... And welcome to the uh, live 90.5 Business Insights with Mario. Uh, current temperature is at 25.5 degrees and uh, you're going to expect this week is going to be similarly warm. Uh, uh, Saturday 20... Sorry. Saturday 4th of April, we're going to have a temperature of 4 degrees. Sunday 23, Monday... 
uh, of April 6, 23, and the rest of the week is going to be 24 degrees. It's going to be mostly sunny. Uh, that's mean that you're going to enjoy the some uh, good time in uh, in uh, well, apologies my guest in studio. She's very keen to take a couple of photos. So you're listening live 90.5 Business Insights with Mario. We'll take a short break and uh, come back with the introduction to our guest. Thank you for listening. back to the studio listening alive 90.5 business insights with mario i do apologize i was being absent for two and a half weeks due to self-isolation and uh, i'm back on a deck i know that you are being patient to hear my voice of course and uh, of course the beautiful guest awesome guest as i usually have on this uh, radio station alive 90.5 now before i introduce our guest i would like to share with you that you know We'll not talk about uh, COVID-19 virus 
in a sense that we are going to spread the panic, disinformations. We are not experts. We are no medical experts about COVID. Um, but I'll give you one tip. In an ocean of so many informations now, and uh, we have on our social media, media, TV, newspapers, and the space, space cadets coming, you know, from other galaxies to here to share the news with us about COVID-19. Please just be careful and listen to only one um, source of information. I'm telling this as an expert because more information you're listening, more you uh, crunching the numbers, how many people infected, your mind is going to go berserker. Today I have the two special guests here. Um, we're exercising uh, as well. Government guidelines, two meters uh, differences. We uh, sanitize at the office. Uh, we uh, didn't shake the hands, but we hug each other. No, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a Teletubbies, you know what I mean? Like, you know, through the... Yeah. Only uh, man-on-man hugging, Only man-on-man man right. man yeah, hugging, yeah. Woman exempted. That, that, is, that is very correct. And uh, as, you can, <laughs> as you can hear it, like uh, my guest... Female mosquitoes, carriers. Well, are you taking my show off? I'm uh, so sorry. No, no, that's fine. I mean, I'll leave the dad jokes for another time. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so before I introduce our guest, I uh, just want to continue. So we'll not talk about COVID-19. We'll not talk how the influencing, uh, you know, how it's spreading because we know. Uh, guidelines, as you can pick up, the best sources is New South Wales government. Um, I'd like to say personally thank you to all medical staff, to everybody who is doing and working this job on the front line. That is not uh, Mario Becker's behind the microphone or my guests, they are in a different way. But firstly, all medical practitioners and everybody who's working hard 24-7 in our hospitals trying to contain and cure people from, oh, sorry, man, not curing is a good word, but make them healthy back from this um, disease um, and this virus. Uh, from bottom of my heart, big thank you. Thank you, New South Wales government who looks after they uh, citizens and they uh, constitutes and you know I mean and a fellow government who's doing extremely good job and you know I mean doesn't need to me to repeat but the last six months we're going through the extremely difficult situations from bushfires and Australia experienced a drought for 10 years but truly believe Australians they're gonna put something together which they're doing right now and uh, we're gonna uh, prevail this one eventually life finds the way and we're gonna come through this much more powerful now I have a two guests in studio. As I said, like we are separated with uh, not just two meters, but <laughs> all possible barriers. Um, today' topic is mental health. Uh, mental health, not in a sense um, just you being uh, hammered at work or you know, I mean, the family problems, you know, divorce, kids, and everything else. It's a situation we are surrounded, and uh, you can note that uh, there is not many public speakers now. The so-called leaders there <coughs> who are sharing with you news every day how to wake up four o'clock in the morning and you know, hammer your business. We're in a situation which is unprecedented. Um, we wake up in the morning and uh, we are wondering what's the next? Uh, are we going to be infected? How government preventing? How the social distancing works? And as well, this situation causes a lot of friction, a lot of business being lost, a lot of uh, jobs being lost. So I have uh, two experts here. Um, my first guest and the second guest, they're going to talk about mental health. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Debbie Coloros, a psychologist. Welcome to Studio Debbie. Thank you. And the second one, it's a truly big and unique influencer, somebody who can uh, could we expire, who is going to inspire you and motivate you 
to continue building your business despite of these obstacles. Now, I'd like to you introduce yourself, Debbie. Who is Debbie Colors? You've been before in my show. Yes, but, I you have. Know, yeah, you know what I mean? Listen, like, I know you almost <laughs> say psychopath. You know, psychopath, you're a psychologist. <laughs> apologies for that one. Debbie, you Hello. know, uh, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself so, like, you know, our guests know that, you know I mean, what you're going to say? Okay, I'm a senior psychologist at a Creating Change Psychology in um, Borkham Hill, sorry, Bella Vista. Yeah. And um, I also have a forensic PhD, so my interest is very much in... You know, obviously, not just the well-being of people, but looking at it certainly from a more global point of view. Um, but um, my my passion here today is about really trying to look at how you survive this crisis, like any other crisis, from a psychological point of view. Mm, that's very interesting. And our second guest is uh, Edward Zia. Edward, welcome to studio. You've been my guest as well before, and unfortunately for you, I invited you again because the situation calls for your presence. So thank you for coming today on short notice. But who is Edward Zia? Hey, well, I just want to say thank you, everyone. Great being here. And just a big thank you again to Debbie. Uh, imagine you're working overtime. A big thank you to our doctors and nurses and hospital staff. It's crazy times. So, yeah, I am a um, marketing mentor and master coach and also a LinkedIn influencer. And I have clients and people I work with um, all across the world. And also in full disclosure as well, I also do quite a bit of stuff with the Liberal Party. So um, I get sort of both sides of business and politics. And I um, just want to say it's an honour to be here. And thank mm. you. No, you thank you, thank you both. Look, before we continue, like, you know, we're going to have the questions. Everybody who's interested, please contact our live, go on our website, uh, www.alive905fm.com.au. If you have any questions to those two lovely guests we have in the studio today, please, you know, everything's concerning mental health in life and business. Uh, our guests will be more than happy uh, to answer to you. You're listening. Well, we're listening. We're listening. Business Insights Live <laughs> 19.5 with Amaria. Yeah, well, we're going to listen to music, yeah? When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright.
all the good love when we're all alone. Keep it up, girl. Yeah, you turn me on. in studio live 90.5 business insights with mario and my two lovely guests edward and debbie now they're open for questions now debbie i know that as i said beginning i'm not a medical expert and um i can't compare this situation with nothing in my life you know even being a war and chernobyl all these things but at the end of the day uh we live in a beautiful country truly unique and beautiful country australia it's a it's an amazing country no question about however last I was said three weeks we experienced something um, it's a crisis which nobody was anticipated ever it's gonna happen and uh, caused a lot a lot of uh, I will not say grief or sadness but people losing jobs being uh, confined for the space because it's uh, in in the general interest of the public you know what I mean to we uh, stop this uh, virus been spreading now I know from talking to other people that there is a lot of um, grief and the uh, people find themselves uh, not surviving for the life but in environment they are not uh, custom you know I me mean, to live in that one mm-hmm. now I know there's gonna be a lot of mental issues can you tell us just for beginning how would you describe this crisis okay so firstly just to, to by way of introduction whenever there is a crisis and you have two factors involved one is where there is an actual or perceived threat to yourself mm-hmm whether physical or psychological, adding to that a sense of powerlessness to do anything about it yes. is what we, 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 we would term crisis or trauma. Mm-hmm. And so although you're saying some people have gone into grief, maybe those are people who've already experienced loss, like loss of freedom, loss of job, loss of... But I think there's also a lot of anxiety, which is the typical response to something that is traumatizing, yeah. as in, okay, this is a serious situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen? We think negative things are going to happen, and we can only imagine yeah. what we... So we have an anticipatory kind of anxiety. Yeah. But because we also don't have control over it, that's, that, is, that is what creates a breeding ground for being traumatized. And, you know, you don't have to be faced with it directly, although we are as a nation and as a world... But even, you know, being exposed to the media and whatever, there can be secondary trauma of what's happening to other people. Mm. So we're, we're, we're in a state of shock and, and anxiety. And obviously that ranges from person to person. Yeah. So it, that, that's the stuff that I would look at in terms of making sure that the public are aware that those reactions are very normative cons- yeah. considering the state that we're in and that there are going to be certain very typical behaviours and responses to the potential for being traumatised or being in shock, which we have already seen, and that is people behaving out of character and out of the societal norm. Okay, that's, well, that's, thank you for explaining this to us, because, like, you know, we can, uh, debating here, me as amateur, was a crisis. Everybody respond to crisis differently. Yes. And um, 
but before I continue with you, I would like to ask Edward. Edward, you are very well connected, man. No question asked about you. Know, I mean, you are a really unique and you are truly influencer who can say I'm the influencer. Now, you seeing a lot of businesses, um, you know, not suffering. I, I apologize for my wording, you know, I mean, English is my sense. No, a lot of suffering. That's, uh, a, that's a fair point. That's like, so like, you know, you seeing the people around, how do you describe the situation if affecting the, not just businesses, but as well on a level business owners or business operators and so on? It's really funny. And Debbie, I love where you're going because, uh, again, I'm not a psychologist and I'm dealing with issues all day. So Debbie, well said. And just hear here to Debbie, one thing I've really seen is that there's two realities going on. And I have, I have a lot of conversations every day. There's one reality, which is I've lost everything. My life has been taken out and it's crazy. Hmm. And then there's another reality of people I speak to. Ed, my business has taken off. I'm making so much hmm. money. So what's happened is the whole world's economy has been changed in an instant and you've got winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you own a cafe, which is fully dine-in, you know, I feel for you, you're a tragic loser. If you've got an online business or your medical or health, this can be your, you know, your champagne and prawns days. So there's two realities going on. And I bet you see that all the time, Debbie. You're seeing two realities play out right now. That's why I'm saying not everybody's necessarily grieving. What do you mean necessarily grieving? Because not everyone is necessarily feeling it as a major loss. Because just like Ed said, some people have gained from this or their businesses are thriving. Yeah. So how would you describe this? Like, is, is this is the point where the people wake up in the morning, you know what I mean? Because as I mentioned at the beginning, and you can correct me, please, you know, freely. Before the crisis, I saw a lot of business coaches there and a lot of leaders, you know what I mean? Leaders. Yeah. <laughs> leaders, huh? And suddenly, yeah, that's that's great. You know what I mean? And suddenly, they, there's nowhere to be seen, you know what I mean? And I don't say you need to go out, you know what I mean, and charging, you know what I mean, and fighting the virus or this and that, but empowerment is start decreasing you know i mean and less and less and less but why somebody's striving more debbie or you edward both questions same question for both of you why somebody's trying to now gain the uh, momentum and business actually go ahead or mentally be better is this because they have more m ms or chocolates or because they are happy because of the virus or they love to armageddon as a joker says in the, in the batman some people loves to see all burn but why somebody's successful why somebody's falling debut first okay well just i would say just from a pragmatic point of view there are those that will see this as an opportunity like like ed said some people are going to see this as a time to recoil and go into hiding yeah. and some people it's like being two types of birds when the winds get very strong yeah when the winds get very strong the pigeons land, they go into shelter and they protect themselves because they don't feel that their wings can handle those yeah. winds with a D. So their wings will tear. Eagles, on the other hand, when the winds get very strong, they shoot out into the air and they fly and they fly high and they fly swiftly on those winds. It depends on how you're experiencing it internally. So you might be an opportunist because, mm-hmm. like I say, like I know a business related to my family where they're selling medical supplies and they are just getting calls you know, left, right and centre because everyone wants masks and sanitizers and blah, blah, blah. So it might be the actual business you're in that you take an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I also think... On a mental level. I mean, On I mean, a mental, mental level, level, you know, as I say, people, your perception is king. People who perceive this 
as a crisis, as we're all going to die and this is the end, and it's, uh, you know, the apocalyptic era, have gone, stocked up, and they've sheltered themselves in the home and they don't want to know and hear and talk to anybody. And other people are not feeling so shocked. So they are prepared to take risk and go out there. And yeah. yes, they're exercising the, the rules, but they, they're not in such a state of shock. And you can see it, those that are fighting about toilet paper and those that are not fighting about it, the, the difference is that the one is in a state of shock, which is why the cortex is not functioning and, yeah. and he's, yes. we're acting like it's emergency. And other people are not treating it like an emergency. They're aware of the situation, but they're not as triggered by it. Thank you, Debbie. Same question for you, Edward. What do you see in different businesses? Why some people strive, you know, like in, increase their productivity and output uh, into society and, you know, created the more momentum, you know, I mean, to be successful? Or why some businesses falling down? You're seeing a lot of businesses, they all talk to you. Why? Now, again, there's two scenarios here. Firstly, you might be in an area that just got taken out, okay? So you might have owned a restaurant or a retail business yep. and you just got taken out. Yep. And again, I, if you're one of them, I feel for you and maximum respect to you. You might, however, be in a business that was lucky to have a different exposure pattern. Yep. Now, taking that away and just talking about the person now, just going on with what you're saying. Um, I agree with everything you said, Debbie, and this is the way I kind of see it. This is a very, I'm an old army veteran from a long time ago, so this is why I tend to see it as well, is that certain people react different way in extreme situations, as you're talking about. Yep. And again, just echoing what you're saying, some people will just freak out and panic. In a way, they're the children of the room, okay? Where some people will, in a way, will toughen up and they rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. They're the adults in the room. And again, I've seen people who pre-corona were very bravo, big chest beaters. They're always awesome. I know, I know, I know. They're gone. They they disappeared. It's the quiet people that are the adults in the room. They're the true leaders. And it's funny. Um, I bet you see this all the time, Mario. Well, look. I, it's like I, a toothpaste tube. Sorry to interject. Yes. I remember a pastor once teaching me and saying, if you really want to know what's in a toothpaste tube, squeeze it. So <sighs> stress brings out what's really in you and it, and it amplifies it. Unfortunately, I saw this in my experience and my experience is a little bit different, just a little bit. But I know during the combat and everything else, the people who are like supposed to lead you and you know take a responsibility and accountability, not everybody, like I would say 10% will disappear, the key players. But it was opportunity for new generation leaders actually merge. Now, before we take a short break, this is the only time on a record, I don't wish I'm that way. I may be that way now and sucking all that air. You get the coronavirus, absolutely. <laughs> Alive 90.5. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02 9837. Insight Intelligence. Station sponsor.
Studio listening live 90.5 business insights with Mario. I know you're craving and dying, and you wanted this voice to be in your speakers and your ears. I'm back four weeks after three weeks, and I mean, two weeks uh, self isolation and some trip. Now, we have the great guest in the studio who talks about mental health in a business and in life, Dr. Debbie Kolaros and Evazia. What is it, Debbie? Kolaros. I prefer my way. He's only there. been my friend for so many years, and he still <laughs> can't pronounce it. <laughs> Look, you just love this one. Okay. <laughs> How do you say it in the Greek accent? Kolaros. Oh, that's better. Yeah, Greek. Well, I'd look, I don't care. You know, I mean, I it's just all prefer, Greek to you, isn't it? I just, just prefer my way. Let's go stick with that way. I'll, this, I'll this, do it my This way. is my show. Now, we don't want to be that funny, but we are funny. No, that way, that here. Now, Debbie, what is uh, what you're seeing around you? What's happening with the people on a mental level since this crisis beginning in Australia? Do you see all your observation? Okay, so my observation was I was in South Africa when Australia started to do their um, toilet paper purchasing. And, um, Can you tell me more about this white toilet paper? What did you think when you were in South Africa? Well, wh- my, dad, my dad called me and said to me, 
come look here. Look at people fighting over toilet paper. And and, he, and then I said, okay. And then he said, this is in Australia. I said, oh, this this is not oh, in Australia. Yeah. The Australians are very polite people. That <laughs> No, you've got it wrong. He said, I'm telling you this is Australia. I said, no, Dad. Yeah. And he said, look, Coles. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is Australia. And then he said, what is going on? They've like lost it. And, and then I looked and then we spoke about what was happening. And obviously everyone's stocking up because mm. they know that there's a crisis coming, etc. And so but I remember. Why to- but why toilet paper? Uh, well, because you know, you, no, no, I mean, I'm serious now. You're getting what you, you you need to buy what goes into your system, and you need to buy what comes out of your system, and you also want to be able to like obviously keep up your sanita- sanitization, and that's yeah. a way to clean up because yeah. that's going to be that's not going to help you from a medical mm. point of view. But I, I remember saying, you know, to myself then, okay, so people have gone into a state of trauma mm-hmm. because to see that kind of in inverted commas irrational behavior now. Going and st- stockpiling for a crisis is not irrational. What okay. I mean by that is where you're going to literally punch each other over the last bag of, instead of saying, all right, well, let's do this win-win. We go to the, t- mm. the aisle, I mean, the thing, we'll buy it and we split it or whatever. That, that very emergency kind of no rules, now we just act, whatever, yeah, yeah. is typ- typical of the traumatized state. When, you're, when your body goes into, this is brain science, okay, and this is what I'm saying that I think the public yeah, need to be aware us, yes. is that, when, when you perceive something to be negative or threatening to you and you do not feel that you have the power to do anything about it, especially if you can't appeal to the people around you for assistance, and this is the problem with this type of crisis, is that instead of encouraging us to draw near to one another for comfort and security, we've been told to isolate. And so I want to say to everyone, you know, well, yes, isolate Physically, by all means, but don't isolate psychologically because it takes a brain to heal another brain. And so we tend to want to call out to people for help. But when it's happening on a mass scale and everyone's going through it, it's like, okay, you know, last one to the toilet paper is, uh, you know, a loser kind of thing. And it yeah. becomes a race. And then suddenly fellow man is not safe around you. He's your competitor. So it's a case of, all right, to survive, we need to do what it takes. And as yeah. I say, when you go into that traumatized state and the, and the brain is activated to like, okay, this is in fact a crisis, your limbic or your primitive brain is online and your cortex um, thinking brain goes offline. And so the behavior that you see that comes out of people is not what you would see in a normal cortical mode. So you are going to see out of character behavior things that are going to be more emergency orientated. At the end of the day, the limbic or the, or the primitive brain is only interested in one thing, and that's survival. And survival is not about following rules. Survival is about survival. Mm. So that kind of conflict that's happening and people racing to get and take for you know themselves and not for anyone else, yeah, you're not going to see very altruistic whatever kind of behavior in people who've got who are in shock. They are going to behave like this is their last day on earth before all the shops close and and um, we can criticize it, but actually all we want to really do is we want to we want to calm those people and assure them and help them to get back online, you know, cortex-wise, so that they can process and deal with this in a more rational, mm. adaptive uh, method. Thank you, Debbie. Edward, same, same question for you. When this crisis started, you know, I mean, like, there's no timeline in my mind, you know, I mean, it started, you know, a long time ago, started with the first case in Wuhan in China mm. but you know I mean I'm talking now as I say last couple of weeks what was the observation you saw on a business level what 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 happened you know I mean when this start become 
more pandemic, I will call, which is that this is pandemic situation with concerning virus, but in business as a pandemic. What was your observation part of toilet paper? Oh no. Okay, ex- actually, first tell me about toilet paper. Yeah. What do you think about toilet paper? Why Aussies fought for the toilet paper? Well, what it was, I'm going I'm to give a very militaristic uh, response to this okay. one. I'm going to go into government mode here, right? Um, fighting in the supermarket is actually one of the first stages of looting, right? So the way looting works, um, and if anyone's been in the military or seen action, you would have seen this. Looting first starts by people shoving each other in the supermarket. Wow. Then the next stage of looting is shoving each other at the checkout. Then the next stage of looting is them taking stuff from people outside of the supermarket. Then the next stage of looting is beating up people in the car park. The next stage of looting is people then breaking into people's homes and taking stuff. Yep. Right? So wasn't, that, wasn't that the case yes, in Castle Hill? Yeah, it was like they yeah, robbed into a house. There, yeah. yep. You're right up, yep, Shutia. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so what it is, and I want to give a big shout And out. now we've had person who was breaking into shopping centres yep. and stealing from their yep. stock in their warehouse. So, so looting, right, and again, um, you know, big shout out to, of course, New South Wales Police here. Um, you know, have done a great job of containing the situation. But what it is is that when people... When people choose crime as a way of doing it, looting, um, again, looting starts by shoving an elderly person in an aisle and ends up breaking into their home. And that's actually the pattern of looting. And that's one of the reasons why the police immediately, um, militarised style, and I respect them for this, were deploying, you know, police to high-risk shopping centres and and outside calls. Because what it is is that the government is doing their best to contain this looting behaviour. And this is where ethics also kicks in as well, because... Let's say two people are equally shocked. Someone with a sense of ethics will allow an elderly person in front of them. Someone with, let's say, a poor ethical background will be have no problem shoving an elderly person out of the way to take the toilet paper. And so it was tragic seeing that. So um, they just manage the shock differently because yeah, they're both shocked. Yeah, because one... So, for example, you know, and, and this is the big thing. The whole hoard... Now, I'm all for prepping, but I'm not for hoarding. This whole hoarding Yeah, behavior. that's a difference. That's a very yeah, yeah. Prepping, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Hoarding, I'm not. I'm just, echoing, I'm just echoing Scott Morrison here. Hoarding, like you, at the end of the day, hoarding doesn't affect us three. We're young people. We can look after ourselves. Hoarding is a direct shot at the disabled and the elderly and the disadvantaged. Yeah, that's happened from the beginning, from the yep. start. And take for government, he's happy there. Yeah, yep. that's great. Yeah. So, so just echoing that from a business point of view then, what it means is that I've seen, again, two realities in business. People have either pulled back into their shells, as Mario was saying, or they've really said, no, nah, I'm going to rise to the occasion. And you're really seeing um, the world split into followers and leaders right now. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, just on that point of like high risk and, you know, people with an ethical sense or whatever, I think, again, your ethical sense, just like your rationality, can really only be online when you are managing the, the, the shock component. Because if you're still in severe shock, and unfortunately when anxiety brings that on, it can then start creating anticipatory anxiety. So the hoarders are the ones that are going, what if this lasts forever? What if this leads into, you know, that's it. You know, they're starting to think of, I don't know, World War situations and your mind can just go anywhere and so they're thinking well how long do we have to stock up for how long are we having to prepare for they don't come out of that shock where they can go okay let's get back online let's be rational let's be polite let's think about old people and so again for me it's a person who is either not triggered heavily with shock or somebody who's very adaptive to coping with it and has managed to kind of come back to balance and those that are still gunning and still trying to collect more and more and more and they're just in like this 
frenzy are, are those that are sitting in a traumatized state and and need actually assistance and and care and help to I, I, I think there's come another, to another balance. thing to it though I think there's a sense of um, ethics involved as well because again I've seen very traumatized people not push elderly out of the way for toilet paper mm. so I think ethics kicks into it as well you know this reminds me this reminds me of of my old old times uh, I went into what's recently you know, has been let out of the chain, you know, from self-isolation. So, like, let me see what's happening there, right? Anyway, I can't say that Woolworths doesn't stock up. It was, you know, beginning the fresh fruit and, you know, I mean, all these things. But as you pass in the aisles, you know, I mean, as Edward said, you can see that there's some uh, some shelves being empty, right? So, don't think me wrong, there's a plenty of food there. It's a plenty. You know, some necessity missing, like a rice, you know what I mean? And there's a, you can buy exotic rice with the coconut, or, mm. you know, I mean, rose water, you know, all these Uncle Beans and these. Mexicans fully in stock. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I mean? I know I can understand this because, but the point I tried to make when I was uh, very, very young, and I do remember the time. still very young. Well, thank you very much, uh, the Dr. Colorus. <laughs> and yes, properly. Too. Very handy. Anyway, I prefer my way. Very anyway, so like I remember growing up in communism. In communism, we didn't know nothing better, right? We have the shells and everything else. It's all the simple items, you know what I mean? And, you know, that that was it, you know what I mean? But I do remember the times when we, I used to be standing from 7 o'clock in the morning to midnight in front of the shop, right? You know what I mean? In a queue. So nobody was there bashing each other, you know, pushing because police in communism was different, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. very unpolite. You know, even one guy comes, you know what I mean? It's, it's a very different situation. And then my mom will come from midnight to four o'clock in the morning, and then my father, I mean, till midnight next day, we waited for that, get one liter of oil, you know, was wow. one, you know, kilo of salt, you know, what I mean, sugar and everything else, and we didn't know nothing better, right? And for us, we were told this is the this is the way of living, you know, what I mean. So imagine when I saw the McDonald's first time in my life, like, you know, when I was an adult, I was like, wow, you know, I mean, look at this thing. Eh? So, so can I buy some food now, can yeah, I? Yeah, like, you know, I mean, and that's what, that's what it is. Wow. Like, I think that people should continue life as, as it is. You know, it is the virus. And that's the reason why two you experts, you know, I try to assist the people. Like, I think that uh, there's no rush to hoard the stores, you know what I mean? And, you know what I mean, there's no reason to people being... I mean, pushed an elderly being a disadvantage in this one. You're listening to Live 90.5 Business Insights with Mario, and I'll come back after a few minutes to these lovely two guests. Alive 90.5. We all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral with none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance? $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family-owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900, ask for Richard Spiteri, or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals, station sponsor. Station sponsor Lynn's Fine Needlework is a one-stop shop for all your patchwork, quilting, needlecraft supplies and tuition. On lynnsfinedneedlework.com.au, you'll see over 3,000 patchwork fabrics, hundreds of pattern kits, threads and lots of interesting projects for your selection. Their classes cater for beginners to advanced students who work at their own pace and receive individual attention. Enrol now by phoning 9686 2325. Lynn's Fine Needlework at Suite 2, 97 Hills Road, Borkham Hills. Sponsor, Keith Till's I Get Around Show every Thursday at noon. Find it hard to tune in? Jump on the internet, stream live at www.alive905.com.au.
That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down. Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. That's life. I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting, baby. But my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird and then I'd fly. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Each time I find myself laying flat on my face, I just pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. That's life. And I can't deny it. Many times I thought I'd cut out, but my heart won't buy it. But if there's nothing shaking, come this here July. I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball and die. My, That was a joker's ending. Thanks for that. That's my life. And you're listening to Line 90.5. Business is with Mario, the god of the voice, bringing you the best advice from the experts in studio Dr. Debbie Colaros Bravo! Okay, you see I prefer my way, I'll learn, you know what I mean? It took me five years you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was the other influencer and uh, somebody who truly you need to look forward and to meet and uh, you know, he's going to help you not just with tips, advices, but uh, he's a truly unique person who can help you to you increase, you know, your visibility on uh, social media and as well coach and train you how to become the influencer in the market and in the business. Now, Debbie, I know that we discussed, you know, the, the, the symptoms we saw the toilet paper here in South Africa, mm-hmm. and you will skip it the best part. Now, this is not a show about blaming game, whose fault, who should do this one. But now, what are you seeing or you, somebody comes to you, the clients, what is the first signs or who is the most vulnerable group of people who's going to experience the worst of this mental struggle being in house for 14 days 
or even longer because I, I heard today I'm not sure if I correct me if I saw this properly but I uh, Scott Morrison says let's go let's go live on our new normal for next six months in I mean like <laughs> that's a little bit <laughs> very optimistic six months in I mean let's go Okay, so maybe that's... So who's the group most vulnerable? So maybe it starts with where your starting point is, okay? So Please if you're a him. person, and, and I've had a lot of... Cl- I do a lot of marriage therapy. Yeah. So I have... We know I, they're all divorced, though, so, you know what I mean? I have uh, a lot <laughs> of clients who are on the brink of separation. Really? And, yep. And, Why is and, that, uh, No, because they were already on the brink of separation before this all yeah. unfolded. And so... They were already in a state of stress. We're already needing to have space from one another. We're using work and their social activities and recreation activities to have space from one another. And now they have lost that. And they are now in lockdown with each other and their children. Like that, that is a, a volcanic, you know, um, what's, what's, what's a rumbling that's starting to occur in those households. So I think, you know, it, you know stress can certainly bring on issues for the vulnerable like people who might feel well now we need to get food and how do we go out and get food you know we don't like maybe old people or people who have illness etc but i think it also depends on what state were you in when the stress hit because if you're already in a kind of down state Mm. it's going to just amplify whatever's already in you already already what was true of your reality because nobody was expecting we're going to be locked down you know what I mean? In lockdown, not just 14 days, but now we are advised, if I'm correct, that we should stay home isolated as much as possible. Yeah, so, so what I'm saying is that there are the visible vulnerable, yeah. the ones that we would know just by scanning, looking at the demographic and going, okay, they are vulnerable. But there are a lot of invisible vulnerable people right now. You don't know what's going on in their personal lives or within their families. They are now in lockdown and no one can get access to them, etc. So that is a big concern for me of I would – and that's why, you know, our, our profession – I mean, our, our practice is open. Face-to-face mm. is always the golden way of doing it. Mm. But I'm, I'm very happy to know that there are people who can phone out, thank goodness for technology, who can remain in access and accessible to people who can help them and communicate with them. Because as I say, they are invisible, vulnerable in the confines of their home and they need to be able to have a voice and be able to talk to somebody who can assist them in this time. Because as I say, people in their lives don't know necessarily what was happening in their personal lives now that they're in this lockdown situation it's taking what was already reality and it's amplifying it so you know having to think of strategic creative ways of how you give space within the home especially in those homes where couples are now in lockdown because they actually can't leave now and they were at the brink of explosion because they were on their way out of a relationship and now not only are they in lockdown in their homes where they've now got to contain that they especially have to contain the conflict because their children are at home with them so not like they can even argue in private so it's very difficult so it's you know and like i said before when a trauma brain is needing assistance our, our put it this way our predisposition as human beings for survival is to first actually reach out to someone else for assistance some people don't do that they go straight to like a dissociated state where they just withdraw and go into their own personal lockdown which i would really strongly recommend against and saying if you are an individual who's, who feels like you're in your own little prison right now even within your home because you don't have a supportive family or the communication's not good you know reach out to somebody outside of the home you don't have to physically be connected but it takes a brain to heal a brain and just talking to someone else 
A is a way to help you calm, help your cortex to come back online and to think rationally. Remember that this is not permanent, so we need short-term solutions to just get you through the, the shock mode of the trauma and, and we will think about strategies thereafter, but for now it's just to remain safe and to feel safe within your home. So I, I'm sometimes doing telehealth with clients who can't leave their homes, but I still want to have access into the home to them privately to just contain them and maintain them while they're at so home. So if I understand correctly, you advise, you know, not just advising, but I will come later for tips. Everybody who is feeling vulnerable or struggling, they should pick up the phone and call the expert like yourself. Either talk to the people in your home, like don't shut down from one another. You need to talk. You need another brain. There's actual brain science. If you watch two brains interacting, you see the effects that each brain has on the other one. You can't. You can't grow and you can't change in isolation. So yeah. although we talk about self-isolation, mm-hmm. please don't psychologically isolate. And we are very privileged that we live in a technological era where yeah, yeah. even though we are segregated, we have – got, one's got to do, do it for good. Like if you are depressed and you're just going to get online and see everybody else having a wonderful time during this crisis, that's going to depress you. I'm talking using those forums – to make sure that you remain connected. Whatever you do, don't start hiding and reclusing into your own little shell and no one knows what or who or how you're feeling. Reach out. And I'm saying if you can't reach out to the people within your home because of whatever the circumstances are, young or old can all pick up the telephone or can use an online forum to speak to someone. The government's paying for it. Mm. Use it. That's why we are here. That's very interesting. Eh? Yeah. Hey, but yourself, you know, let's talk business point of view. Like, you know, I mean, as asked Debbie, who is the most vulnerable, the first one you saw that start struggling? Who is the group of the businesses or people, business owners or entrepreneurs you saw that start struggling straight away? As, as a virus outbreak, you know, I mean, crisis start looming over Australia. The immediate ones are the ones that didn't have a bedrock of decent confidence. So the people that were already a bit insecure and already projecting, they're the first to tip over. Correct. And, and I'm sure, yeah. You Wholeheartedly know, agree with yeah, you. Yeah. And... Interestingly, the people with a good bedrock of self-worth and self-confidence, mm. um, they're the ones that have really, again, become the adults in the room. And, I'll, and I say this um, with, I suppose, a humorous level of tragedy here. The loudest people that beat their chest the most saying that they're awesome, they were the first ones to all of a sudden magically disappear. Whereas... Why the, is that there? Tell me. Well, okay, okay, please it's a false bravado. So in other words, what you're saying is it, it differentiates <laughs> the true from yep. what's uh, the, the projected. So this is Absolutely. the true picture actually of them, how the, even if it's not virus, that's how it will act with the first crisis in your life. Exactly. So in other words... It's, anger, a, it's a truth serum, yeah. a crisis. Ah, yeah. truth serum. Brings yeah. out your truth. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm going um, to write this down, truth serum, please. Yeah, it's like, and again, you're, you're a psychologist, Debbie, and Mario, you know it's better than me, but, you know, it's the whole deal. You get people that are insecure, and then they overcompensate by making out how awesome they are, right? Yes. They're the first ones to disappear. All of a sudden, they're not on oh, LinkedIn. God. They're, oh, all this is they're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's Wally, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know this yeah. is a bad joke, and I'm going to get into some. No, it's a good, it. it's a good. Have you seen yeah. that meme going around, around saying, "Where's Wally the Corona edition?" No, it's just Wally just on the beach <laughs> on his own. You know, no, no people. No. That's brilliant. You need to send me that one there. Yeah, I'm so going to get in trouble. Oh, oh damn! I just said it on radio. Oh, no, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. and please continue. Yeah. yeah, but but no, but seriously, the ones and I love where you're going, Debbie and Mario. This is awesome. The people that are like, "I'm awesome. Look at me." They're the, you don't see them, you know, they're all just magically disappeared. <laughs> it's the quietly confident people 
the people with an actual real bedrock of self-esteem, self-worth and confidence, mm. they're the adults in the room. It's incredible. It's fascinating. And, I, and I, I'm seeing this like all day. It's incredible. Do you also think support goes a long way towards that, that those are that are not in very supportive relationships would also crumble first? I think that could be a factor. It could be, because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know, really know how they're going relationship. Because I can share something true, personally right? here. When, when, when the corona, um, you know, virus was already kind of flagged, and I flew to South Africa, everyone on Facebook laughed at me because I was at the Sydney airport with the mask on. So I, I, I was, I, got I, the was message. I was the one who was laughing. I was like, "What she's doing?" I yeah. said, so I, I, I got the message quickly and early on. It didn't yeah. take me long to get onto that. However, I will say this. When I was in South Africa with my entire family who are there, mm. I did feel a lot more contained and calm because, because you're around family, oh, yeah. you've got support. And, and when I left to come back to Australia, and especially having seen on social media what was now happening in, South Af- in Australia, I must say I did, I did feel pretty anxious you know, and, and I mean, South Africa's gone the same road. I mean, they're now all, yeah, they are, you know, whatever. Well, yes. But just the fact that I was coming back to Australia where my, my kids are here, um, so they're teenagers, so they're not like my, my bedrock of support. I mean, I, and I have dear friends and, and wonderful people in my life, but leaving um, my dad, particularly, who yeah. dropped me off at the airport, I, I just, man, if I could have brought him with me, there was just something about coming and not having that strong family support. Um, that felt quite scary. So I think it's, it is about being a confident person. But like I say, you know, when you go through a crisis, there's safety in numbers. And when you've got people who are around you and you've got close relationships and they've got your back, I look at, I look at videos of families doing fun, entertaining things in their home now. There's a unspoken security just knowing that we're in this together. But I think for isolated people, psychologically, no yeah. support, that's also what makes you very vulnerable. Yeah. And I think on that point, you need to use the resources you have available to reach out for that. So I was saying, yes, I mean, you've got the extreme right. cases, you're saying, yeah, ring the helplines. Yep. But the thing is, is, this is what I'm saying to everyone, is pick up your phone, ring up some old friends, ring up your parents. Yes, um, yes. Ring up someone that you know. I think it's very Correct. important to stay connected. Because interestingly... That's my, right, staying connected. Yeah, interestingly, because even, you know, even my mental health um, hasn't been the best lately. Just, you know, dealing with everything. Because I, I hear, like, like yourself, I hear a lot of crazy things all day. Mm-hmm. Even my mental health is... So, can I, so interrupting this time, one. Yeah. I'm amazed with the people who are truthful and honest mm. in this respect, you know what oh, I mean? Like, totally. it's not because I'm the, I'm, I'm the not a benchmark for morality and ethics, you know what I mean? My life was <laughs> everything just not the moral and ethics because, you know, that was my life. But, you know I mean? I always admire people who sits opposite me in a studio, you know what I mean, without... BS, B, so you say BS or BS stories? How do you say, David? BS. How are you political correct to say not BS stories? Yeah, no BS. Yeah, BS. Yeah. Yeah, BS stories and say, like, listen, I'm struggling. I, I done this. I, I, you know, I'm admitting it. I mean, because, you know, I was, I was fascinated with the people lately, let's go say last two, three years, when it's a conversation, you know, my life was, you know, I was, I was being in school and this and that. Come on, impress me, Martin. You know I mean, like, have you been juvenile like me? You know what I mean? Did you, did you stab the person? You know what I mean? You know, they start with these negative stories, like, yeah. which is ridiculous. But that's true money for what you're saying that you're struggling mental health. Can, yeah. you, can you explain to us? Well, 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 sometimes I wake up in fear mode. You know, I, I don't wake up typical Edward's ear going, oh, life is awesome. I, I feel fear. I wake up, I sometimes wake up at 2 a.m. going, what's going to happen? Right. And it's in those kind of moments 
when you're sort of going to make a decision, do you want? I keep saying this again. Do you want to be the adult in the room in all, in this all? Right. And I think one of the biggest things is that I really encourage everyone to do is the more people you speak to, is the better off you're going to be. And there's, you know, again, um, you know, you could be connected to friends on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Insta. Reach out to them. Jump yes. on the phone. Talk yes. to people. And from a business point of view, that's very intelligent because if business-wise you're in a hole, yeah. right, the worst thing you can do is sit there and ask for divine intervention. The best thing to do is actually to speak to some people and get some ideas and input to reinvigorate you. Edward, Debbie, thank you very much. And I'll need to address now to all my, you know, my fans online. So I'll take a short break. And I mean, that's enough of you. You listen to Line 90.5 Business Insights with Mario. Our guest in studio, Dr. Debbie Colaros and Edward Zia. I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day, to call my best friend that he answered despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide we still don't talk about it Lifeline Australia's new podcast Holding On To Hope shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living because when we talk about suicide we realise our capacity to support those around us Holding 